You are listening to the Blockchain Dialogues podcast. All views expressed on this show are for educational purposes only and not meant to be taken as financial advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Blockchain Dialogues podcast with your host Nikhil and Krishna. In this podcast series, we can analyze the various cutting-edge technologies and projects in the field of blockchains, distributed ledger technologies and cryptocurrencies. In today's episode we are going to be talking about a group of cryptocurrencies that have been the topic of interest in the crypto space both from the perspective of technology as well as business they are something which are seen to be indispensable for connecting cryptocurrencies to real world assets so today we are going to be talking about a group of coins called stable coins stable coins are cryptocurrencies primarily designed to remain stable in price by pegging to a stable asset such as the US dollar gold or any other fiat currency stable coins are of many different types depending on the asset that they are pegged to they can be either backed by currency or backed by precious metals depending on the mechanism of stabilization they can be decentralized or centralized so in this episode of the blockchain dialogues podcast we are going to be looking at various kinds of stable coins how they work and what role they can play in the cryptocurrency space so with that let's start off with a brief brief background of what stable coins are and why they exist kk sure so a uh, stable coin is a cryptocurrency designed to have its price remain stable with respect to another stable asset this stable asset that the coin is pegged to can be a fiat currency such as the us dollar or even precious metals such as gold So for example take any of the stable coins in the market today such as tether which goes by the symbol USDT or take gemini's stable coin gemini dollar which goes by the symbol GUSD since these are stable coins that are pegged to the US dollar in an ideal case the price of these stable coins would always remain equal to 1 US dollar so in practice even though stable coins are not controlled by a central bank they are designed to have low volatility by being pegged to a stable asset With that let's just quickly take a look at why we need stable coins to begin with. So the first very obvious need of stable coins is to be able to use them in the future to make day to day purchases for goods and services. So for example if you take other cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin or Ethereum these cryptocurrencies are too volatile in their prices and they fluctuate too much you know from a day to day or hour to hour basis. So that basically makes them unsuitable for any regular usage as money. Also since most cryptocurrencies are volatile they are generally a poor choice as a medium of debt collateral so for example if we were to place a bet on a blockchain based prediction market platform such as augur for the result of let's say the next presidential election in the us so if we were to place this bet using ethereum you would have you know you as a person participating in that bet would have two uncertainty uh, two uncertainties to deal with one the outcome of the bet itself as to who will win the election second is that when the bet is completed you would not know what the price of ethereum would be at that point of time so you cannot really know what your win or loss would be worth as ethereum itself as an asset fluctuates pretty much you know it it fluctuates a lot in price so uh that's the primary reason why you know because of the volatility other cryptocurrencies cannot be used for day to day usage as money or for debt based purposes and the next you know most widespread usage is uh that of you know usage of stable coins on cryptocurrency exchanges so on cryptocurrency exchanges you would see most of the trades of uh, cryptocurrency pairs with fiat happening in the form of crypto to stable coin pairs so for example if traders were to do high frequency trading with a cryptocurrency such as bitcoin or ethereum and sell it for dollars within a short span of time at present it would simply not be possible to do that with real dollars as you know the settlement time with dollars would be very very high it would basically involve a direct involvement of a bank or other financial institutions which as of today is not possible so stablecoin pairs are used on exchanges to carry out such crypto to fiat trades pretty quickly and conveniently so that sort of covers you know the basic need why stablecoins exist why we need them uh and you know why they would be relevant 
that's great so so uh, from what i understand uh, uh, you the, you're you're basically saying that you know we need uh, cryptocurrencies are actually too volatile for real world usage and that stable coins are an answer to that uh, but you know uh, could you kind of go a little bit further into you know what are the various types what are the various ways in which we can actually create stable coins or how how, how are they actually uh, you know what are the various categories of stable coins that are there sure absolutely so based on what stable coins are backed or collateralized by there are three main types that exist today so the first one is known as the category is known as fiat collateralized stable coins and these are also known as centralized stable coins so like we mentioned earlier these are stable coins that store their value collateralized by centrally issued fiat currencies such as the us dollar or euro in practice they operate like ious so for listeners who don't know what a iou is an iou can be described as a contract that acknowledges that i owe you something so therefore you know the abbreviated term iou so in the case of fiat collateralized stable coins one can imagine a dollar backed stable coin to be a crypto representation of the us dollar the most common criticism of this type of stable coin is that it is centralized you know that is it requires trust on a central authority to issue it and therefore it demands constant oversight with regulation how these types of coins generally work is that when real world fiat is deposited into an account corresponding to that stable coin new coins are created and similarly when you liquidate the coins for real world fiat those coins are burned by the network so uh, some examples of uh, stable coins in this category uh, that is fiat collateralized stable coins uh, are tether which goes by usdt as its ticker symbol uh, second is true usd uh, both of these are backed by the us dollar and another one is digix which is actually backed by gold so since these coins are backed by an asset issued by a central third party such as a central bank the most common risk with this sort of a stable coin is what is known as counterparty risk or also known as default risk counterparty risk is nothing but a term used in banking and finance which refers to the risk of one of the parties defaulting on their promise so basically in this case since the stable coins are backed by third party issued assets such as fiat currency it is critical to ensure that the entity that has issued the stable coin has the required reserves to back the stable coins this would generally require regular audits on a timely basis to make sure that the reserves are being maintained so all in all this kind of a system requires an oversight from a trusted third party the second type of stable coins uh, known as crypto collateralized stable coins or you know they are also popularly known as decentralized stable coins these are coins which are collateralized by crypto assets such as ethereum or some other cryptocurrency so unlike centralized or fiat based collateralization in this case the stable coins are backed by digital assets on a blockchain the most prominent example in this category would be that of the stable coin issued by makerdao on ethereum which goes by the name dai dai so dai is an example of a decentralized stable coin pegged to the us dollar however it achieves this not by having fiat reserves of us dollars rather by maintaining the price stability through the usage of smart contracts for burning and creating the coins based on market fluctuations one of the main advantages of this type of stable coins is that unlike centralized stable coins the collateral is completely transparent and visible on the blockchain so these types of stable coins don't carry the same counterparty risk that centralized stable coins carry whatever transactions happen are basically transparent and they are publicly visible on the blockchain so in essence you know you would not need a trusted third party to ensure that the issuing authority is maintaining the required reserves you know like in the case of centralized stable coins the third category is called the non collateralized stable coins which are basically not collateralized by anything and these are also known as algorithmic stable coins so some of some examples of this type of stable coins would be uh, koala terra and some others you know in this category which are actually not that that famous so as the name suggests in this mechanism the stable coin is basically not collateralized by anything and the funny thing is that this is actually very similar to the mechanism that has been traditionally used by central banks you know to maintain the stability of their centrally issued fiat currencies so you know to go a little bit deeper you know as we know in the fiat system of banking central banks 
can issue money basically out of thin air right <laughs> i mean without any gold or other asset backing it so similarly in the case of algorithmic stable coins there is nothing really backing or collateralizing the coins whether it be fiat or crypto this sort of algorithmic stable coin mechanism was first proposed by an economist named robert sams in the year 2014 he basically envisioned that one could write a smart contract which would basically act as a central bank and issue coins with the sole purpose of being at a value of $1 so now the main question is how do you achieve this right i mean how do you maintain the value of these coins at $1 without anything backing them so how this works rather you know how the supply and demand of these coins is maintained is that the price of the stable coin is designed to be based on market forces just like any other coin but when there is let's say an increased demand and the price of the coin starts to rise above $1 the smart contract basically starts to issue new coins thereby increasing the supply and by increasing the supply of coins the market demand is met easily and so the price comes back down to $1 in the reverse case let's say there is a shortage of market demand for the coin and the price of the coin starts to fall below $1 the system starts to issue what are known as seigniorage shares so this brings us to the concept of seigniorage So for our listeners who don't know what seigniorage is seigniorage is spelled as s e i g n o r a g e it is basically a term that's frequently used in banking which in very simple terms is used to donate the profit that a government makes by issuing its currency through its central bank so as we know a central bank basically creates money without the need of an asset backing it right but even then let's say the bank or the government prints a 10 dollar bill and the production and distribution cost of that 10 dollar bill is only let's say 5 cents so the seigniorage that is the profit made made by the government for issuing that 10 dollar bill would be 9 dollars and 95 cents so in short it's nothing but the profit that the issuing body is making by issuing that currency so similarly in this case as well as the price of the stable coin starts to fall below 1 dollar the system starts to issue these seigniorage shares which are nothing but shares in the seigniorage or the profit by issuing the issuing that stablecoin currency but in order to purchase these seigniorage shares the system would accept only the stablecoins so in effect this will lead to an increased demand for the coin and the price would climb back up to $1 so this is how in an algo yeah i mean uh, this is this is the simple mechanism you know through which uh, an algorithmic stablecoin system uh basically controls the supply and demand of the coin and keeps it close to $1 so one may ask what is giving the coin this value right so with that actually uh, nikhil would you like to share some of your thoughts regarding what is shelling point and you know how it how it ties up with this yeah yeah so uh, so like you, it's a very good question yeah so what what is giving this why, why $1 right why, why not 10 why not uh, 100 Uh, uh, why not 2.5? So it's actually the shelling point. Uh, it's known as a shelling point uh, concept, and uh, what that actually proposes is uh, is kind of like a uh, perception that uh, uh, this guy Thomas Schelling had uh, that you know human beings kind of uh, look at numbers uh, you know very differently. There are certain numbers basically that. Uh, as a population we seem to have affinity to so numbers that can be easily uh, uh, calculated uh, used uh, converted against uh, or numbers that are uh, not uh, not very difficult to uh, uh, you know uh, numbers that are not very difficult to uh, think about so spend too much time thinking about in terms of uh, conversion from one place to another so 1 dollar is very easy because uh, you can say that okay fine uh, there's no conversion overhead so if i say okay i have one uh, 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 make a dao or die one die then in my mind i can basically say yeah it is equal to 1 dollar and then you know uh, therefore 0.5 die would be equal to 0.5 dollars and so on and so forth on the other hand if one uh, die was pegged at say 5 dollars uh then you would basically have problems you will be saying okay 0.5 die would then be 2.5 dollars and then you know all those conversions would come up so this this kind of uh, 
the thing from a from a machine perspective or from a computer's perspective it doesn't really matter what that value is but like you were pointing out it is a perception right so the perceived value of uh, something becomes easier to communicate and easier to spread amongst a community if that value is one of these shelling point kind of values right it's it's fascinating how you know human psychology in one more way is so important in this crypto ecosystem <laughs> absolutely so, absolutely right. right so uh so yeah so basically you know coming back to what is giving this sort of a algorithmic stablecoin its value right so basically it's nothing but uh, an expectation or a faith in the coin having value in the future so people basically hope and expect that in the future the stablecoin that they hold in their hand would also be worth $1 and they would be able to use this to purchase goods and services at that point of time so if you see this is actually very similar to how regular fiat money as of today has value you know the regular fiat money that you carry in your wallet has value because of the faith or the perception that it would have a value in the future so that in essence is its biggest weakness as well you know because the demand for the coin exists only as long as people keep believing that there is a future value to the coin and so if the demand for the coin stops growing it would be virtually impossible to maintain the peg right so for example if the demand dropped because people did not believe in the future growth of that coin the system would issue seniorage shares to be bought using the stable coins but if the people do not believe in its future they would not purchase the seniorage shares either right so this would basically result in the price of the coin plummeting so that's one of the disadvantages you know with the mechanism of al- algorithmic stable coins the way they function so that in essence sort of covers the three kinds of stable coins and how they work and you know how they are fundamentally different from each other in the way they look you know to peg their value to a stable asset right no so that's that's great in fact actually if you think look at it uh, the algorithmic coins uh, the uh, the perception of future value it sounds a lot like uh, you know like a ponzi scheme you know <laughs> where people <laughs> right. are actually uh paying up front for a perceived future value which is not real mm. so mm. in fact if you see actually uh this is one of the reasons why people moved or you know people are moving trying to move from you know the the fiat system of money that we have in the world today you know where money basically is it's holding value only because people perceive it to have a future value right and this is this is one of the reasons why people are trying to sort of move away from that system where people's you know uh value in a certain currency is purely based on faith and not being backed by anything at all so yeah i mean i guess i guess uh that that's one of the disadvantages of stable coins as uh, of the algorithmic type of stable coin as you rightly said so yeah so uh if you look at the news today stable coins are very much in the news but for they seem to be for the all the wrong reasons so uh, like we mentioned earlier tether and uh, is one of the biggest uh, uh, stable coins out there and it's a fiat collateralized coin uh, so uh, kk could you uh, give us kind of a quick uh, insight into what is the controversies and you know what is going on with tether uh, right now sure so uh this podcast recording comes at the backdrop of tether being ordered by the new york supreme court to freeze all transfers to a popular exchange namely bitfinex bitfinex actually both bitfinex and the company that uh that that backs tether uh they have the same ceo so they essentially they work together uh and the order from the supreme court the new york supreme court states that the company behind it behind tether cannot lend any tether to bitfinex or any other parties uh, until you know the the order is reversed so uh, you know to just give a little bit of background you know tether as mentioned earlier it's a centralized stablecoin pegged to the us dollar and the primary criticism of tether has always been that they have never been transparent about whether they have the required usd to back the tether flowing in the market So questions regarding tether's reserves have been raised several times in the past uh, but you know in on all occasions uh, they have denied requests for any sort of external audits uh, in fact there was a time you know when there was this new stablecoin launched called true usd 
and uh, as a competitor it gained significance solely because they were able to claim in the market that their true usd coins were 100% backed by fiat dollars and you know the the team behind them was in fact even able to claim that they were legally protected and that one could redeem them for actual dollars you know in atms in certain stores so this is something that these these were certain uh, lacunas of uh, tether if if one could say uh, which which other stable coins are trying to pick up on so uh, if you go into the history i mean tether in the past actually it has claimed to do some sort of audits on its own but again there has been a controversy that uh, the audits that were actually done they were not by a proper accounting firm but rather by a law firm and that to one privately hired by tether itself you know not by an independent third party so if you look at its history you know in the past it it has always been under suspicion that tether may not have the required funds to back uh, the actual tether stable coins that that are in the market and that it might be running some sort of fractional reserve scheme uh like it is done in traditional banking right you know so like fractional reserve is basically where the entity is uh obliged i mean is obligated or required to only hold a fraction of the reserves uh to back uh, uh the currency in the, the than 100% so you know as as we have been seeing the news come out recently with this investigation going into tethers reserves by the new york supreme court uh the lawyers representing tether themselves have claimed that uh, uh they are actually backing only 74% of of the actual tether stable coins in the market so and the sort of uh, reasoning that they've given is pretty traditional you know like the banking excuse that okay this is how <laughs> most of the banking systems work around the world so basically nothing should be wrong with it so um, i mean this is this is something that is not going on very well in the market right now uh, it's because of this the future of tether and uh, many cryptocurrency exchanges which are uh, running with tether based pairs you know with other cryptos on their exchange uh, it's it's sort of uncertain you know when this news broke out in uh, towards the end of april uh, which is last month uh there was a steep fall in the price of bitcoin and all of the cryptos because of this news so uh, one way or another if if something happens like this you know to a stable coin which is being uh, used uh, on a widespread basis on on different cryptocurrency exchanges it affects the whole market you know it, it drags down uh, the price of all the various cryptocurrencies that are paired with it so that is sort of what is going on with tether uh, but yeah i mean it 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 still remains to be seen what what actually happens and uh again the regulations are not very clear uh, around the world with regard to you know how to handle uh you know such entities cryptocurrency exchanges and uh, stuff like that so uh, it still remains to be seen what what eventually happens with it uh so so basically to just kind of contrast this uh, the other uh, big coin out there or the other famous stable coin out there is the uh, stable coin that has uh, been issued by the maker dao community and uh, this is basically what is known as the crypto collateralized stable coin which is the second category that uh, kk had talked about so uh, just before we get into the coin itself let me put a little bit of a context around maker dao so maker dao essentially is a decentralized autonomous organization and uh, the uh, cryptocurrency the, the, the stable coin that it is uh, uh, issuing is called dai or dai and uh, what they have done is a very uh, little complicated but very interesting uh, uh, kind of a uh, system uh, where uh, they have issued a separate coin altogether called the maker coin uh, and uh, that is basically used to back up uh, the dai coin as well as uh, as well as using uh, cdps so uh, to go a little bit into uh, uh, to start this particular in, uh, exploration of maker dai uh, i'm going to put a few terms out there that uh, you know we should kind of uh, uh, get straight so one is the uh, the term cdp right uh, cdp actually stands for collateralized debt position and in essence it's a smart contract okay so it is an automated contract it's an automated piece of code 
using which uh, anybody can actually raise or create die uh, you uh, against a particular collateral that they have uh, submitted to that uh, smart contract so uh, in a, in very simple terms basically if you have uh, uh, if you go and uh, go on the Ethereum network, you have some Ether. Uh, you can put, say, 100 Ether on uh, 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 and pass that 100 Ether to this uh, CDP. And uh, the CDP will basically automatically uh, uh, create a certain amount of die. Uh, this, uh, uh, this, uh, this ratio is known as the... Uh, uh, is known as the, uh, uh, the die to uh, the collateralized collateralization ratio and that that uh, basically uh, is uh, creates based on that ratio a certain number of die is created and that die is provided to you uh, for for its use right so uh, so right now in the at, at that point in time basically you will have Say if you put a hundred die, uh, hundred ETH into the CDP, you may get maybe around. If you have a, a ratio of upon 1.5, you will get probably about 66 die. Okay, so uh, if you get 66 die, uh, this 66 die can then be used by you. Uh, you can t withdraw the 66 die from the uh, CDP smart contract, and uh, it is issued to you as a as a loan, and uh, you can use the die for whatever you want to use it for and uh, basically when you want to retrieve your ether what you have to do is you have to actually go back and uh, give back the uh, uh, exact the number of amount of die that you borrowed as well as a uh, what is known as a, uh, uh, as a as a particular amount of interest which is the which they call the fee the, uh, and this fee basically the cdp fee uh, is uh, is needs to be uh, provided in the f in the form of maker, right? So you 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 have to buy maker coin from the market, uh, and uh, basically uh, pay off your interest as well as return the die. Once you do both of this, basically uh, the smart contract uh, terminates that collateralized debt position and returns the ether for you to use. Okay. Uh, so during the duration of this particular loan, the ether that you have submitted to the collateralized deposition of the CDP is not uh, accessible by you. It is frozen, and it is kept in the CDP. Okay. Uh, now the other term over there is die. Die essentially is a stable coin. Uh, the stable coin, uh, the uh, this stable coin is pegged at uh, uh, the against the fiat dollar. Uh, so what do you mean by peg in this case? So here, unlike fiat collateralization, what we are doing is we are basically setting a uh, relative uh, uh, volatility for die. So essentially, when you say something is volatile, it has to be a relative term. It is volatile as opposed to something else, right? So you can say, uh, you know, Bitcoin is volatile as opposed to the dollar or uh, the dollar is volatile as opposed to gold and things like that. So uh, what uh, pegging basically does is you're basically taking this uh, currency, uh, the stablecoin DAI, and we are basically saying that it will track the volatility or it will track the value of another uh, asset, right? And in this case, particular case, the DAI is tracked against the US dollar. And uh, the US uh, 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 the the ticker for die basically is USDT. Uh, sorry, that is the tether ticker. The die ticker basically it is it is following the uh, uh, so as uh, if the value of the dollar falls, uh, the die basically uh, tracks that and it goes down in value as well. And uh, uh, if the value of the dollar goes up, the die die tracks that and goes up as well. So how is it, exactly does that happen? It happens because uh, you are using uh, Ethereum, in our case, you've, you've put certain amount of Ethereum in CDP, right? So if the value of Ethereum goes up, right, uh, mm -hmm. it is, when you say the value of Ethereum goes up, you're basically giving it, you're considering it to be the value of 
Ethereum in terms of US dollar that goes up, right? So uh, right. when you say, uh, okay, so Ethereum, when you put it in was $100 and it goes up to $150, right? What actually happens over there is mm-hmm. that the CDP, basically the ratio of the CDP ensures that now uh, instead of sending you only giving you 66 die, the amount of uh, die that can be withdrawn from the CDP also goes up. So you can actually mm-hmm. withdraw up to 100 die. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, so that is how it basically uh, tracks the uh, dollar value. Now, so that is one end, the pegging end. The second uh, thing is, okay, what happens when the uh, value of uh, do, uh, uh, of the Ethereum goes down, right? Now, this is where traditionally your... Uh, 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 the problem comes in essentially and this is why the ratio is 150 percent or a, a, at a higher ratio than one is to one in uh, crypto so in what 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 maker dow have done is they're basically saying that okay uh, they are over collateralized uh, in that cdp so you have to give more than the value of the die that you are getting in order to get some die and the reason for this is that if the value of uh, the the collateral that you have placed starts falling, right? There is a certain amount of buffer before it reaches the actual price uh, that the die that has been issued is reached. So when we talk, talk about uh, uh, over collateralization, what we mean over there is that the amount or the value of the collateral that you have put in is more than the value of the die that comes out so assume that okay uh, the value of ether is one dollar at this time right uh, so is is a hundred dollars at this time you put hundred dollars of ether in uh, in the centralized dep- collateral deposition as collateral but you are getting only 66 die that means hundred dollars worth of ether is giving you only 66 dollars worth of die and the remaining the difference between the two is basically what is the is is, is a buffer which is used f- for when the value of ether goes down right so you've got a hundred dollars of ether now if the value of ether goes down and it becomes uh, uh, say 75 dollars uh, it, it there is still a chance for uh, interventions to be made by the maker die uh, smart contracts in the maker die system so that that particular uh, collateral can be sold uh, and you know the uh, uh, money can be recovered and you still haven't lost you still in the the value actual value of the die hasn't fallen below what the peg uh, one one dollar peg uh, of die uh, uh, promises right so that's why you uh, you you have this system where the amount of collateral that you give is given at a ratio that is higher so that you know uh, if there is a fall in price there are automated mechanisms that come in that uh, uh, either uh, liquidate uh, the collateral or uh, adjust the uh, uh, you know uh, the uh, adjust the uh, interest or adjust the amount of uh, 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 borrowing and selling that you can do uh, borrowing that you can do with the die so that that uh, the actual the actual value of the die still gets gets pegged to one dollar right so your uh, uh, one key one key mechanism in this particular thing is known as the target rate feedback mechanism right it is basically a the rate uh, is a mechanism that adjusts the target rate in order to cause market forces to maintain the stability of the die price okay so normally die is kept at the 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 the, the target rate is kept at zero so that means there is a one is to one ratio for uh, there is no 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 
no need for any intervention the die is is tracking the dollar properly okay but if there is a uh, uh, you know stress period and the uh, price of uh, the uh, various coins or various ethereum and all go down and uh, then then the trfm is engaged then this target uh, rate can determine the target price over time so that the die price uh is 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 slightly reduced or slightly increased so, uh, depending on what what you want to do so if the uh die is below the target price right the target rate increases and this uh, causes the target uh, price to in turn increase and which causes uh, the die generation to become more expensive so uh, the amount of die that you will get Uh, using your cdp becomes more expensive and uh, this this increases the demand for dai because obviously there is less dai you are getting less dai for the amount of collateral that you are causing right so that that in turn increases the target price of dai to what its target value is in in our case it is uh, the us dollar right now uh, if the target price if the die for goes above the target price or if it goes above the uh, value right uh, in this case the mechanism works in uh, reverse right the target rate then goes down and the target price also goes down this uh, this big makes that uh, you get more die for that particular uh, debt position so for your collateral you get more die which means that you can pull out more dai and there is more dai in the market right and uh, that decreases the demand because obviously you have higher supply and because that supply is increased the reduced demand it pushes the value down towards the target price so the target rate feedback mechanism is a very key uh, feature that uh, that is basically uh, used to make sure that in case of in the, in times of volatility the die can still uh, remain stable so uh, so so you have this uh, uh, target rate mechanism then you have this uh, uh, this ratio uh, for uh, uh, you know uh, collateral the die generated this the, that's basically the target rate and you also have this liquidation ratio the, the liquidation ratio is a ratio as a point at which uh you know uh, in a cdp if the value of the collateral falls below that uh, particular uh, ratio then that uh, collateral the collateral is auctioned off and uh, liquidated uh so these all are actually uh you know mathematical values right these are values so one uh, one question would be okay who sets these values right how is this value actually uh you know set and adjusted uh based on what is happening right so there basically is where uh, the maker coin comes into play so like i had mentioned earlier uh maker coin is a uh, coin that has been released by the maker dao organization and it is used for governance okay so if you are holding maker coin you have a vote in the governance of the uh, uh dai uh dai stable coin okay so maker holders set the sensitivity parameter which uh, which in turn sense sets the target price and the target rate yeah so i was just going to ask so that is the sole purpose of the maker coin to uh, basically you know set such parameters for for the dai yes so essentially there are two two aspects to the maker coin one is uh the governance uh, it is the governance uh, uh what do you call it mechanism so people who are holding maker coin uh, get to participate in the governance of the dai stable coin and uh, second uh, the secondary uh, uh function of the maker is basically as a uh as a uh, backing of last resort so uh, essentially this is what happens when uh if there is a sudden crash so one thing about uh, financial markets as we have all seen is that uh, there are black swan events what is a black swan event a black swan event is something that you do not expect 
nobody expected and suddenly something happens right it suddenly steeply falls or goes up or whatever right so in this particular case there is something known as a global settlement right uh, this is actually a trigger mechanism or an emergency mechanism within the uh, die uh, uh, stable coin where it basically shuts down and unwinds the MakerDAO platform right and it uh, it is basically uh, so it freezes everything and makes sure that all the die holders and cdp uh, cdp users receive the net value of assets that they are entitled to okay and they are given that net value in the basis of uh, maker coin okay so the maker coin basically is traded in the open market it is volatile right and uh, it is this uh, investment or uh, or speculative uh, uh, security right and uh, uh, the based on that particular uh, coin that particular uh, security is what is used as a uh, so if, if uh, for uh, for any kind of uh, liquidation or uh, uh, or uh, any kind of emergency event this is a maker coin basically is used to intervene and make sure that all the participants are given back their dues okay so uh, so yeah so i talked we talked about the global settlement we talked about uh, the uh, uh, cdp we talked about the trade target rate feedback mechanism right and uh, we talked about the uh, uh, fees so essentially uh, 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 see so uh, one uh, one uh, the stability fee is basically what i said right it is an interest on the on the amount of uh, in addition to the die you get a stability fee that you have to pay back uh, in order for you to uh, retrieve your collateral right uh, this stability fee is a annual percentage yield and this can only be paid by maker right and once that is paid by the maker coin it is immediately burnt off so when you pay back your collateral you withdraw collateral from the from the die uh, stable coin right uh, the maker uh, the settlement fee is essentially uh, reducing the maker uh, maker coin uh, availability right so this forms kind of like a uh, uh, a kind of like a uh, incentive to hold maker because the value the amount of maker is re reducing over time so uh, one of the initial one of the unique things about maker is that it was all pre mined in the sense that uh, there are only ever 1 billion maker coins and uh, that 1 billion number was uh, 1 billion maker coins was created at the beginning of the MakerDAO uh, experiment uh, the MakerDAO uh, project was started and uh, basically uh, every time uh, uh, you know you withdraw collateral from the, the thing that maker that a certain amount of maker is burnt so that means that it is a reducing supply which in turn drives up the price of maker okay so that is again a balancing ratio which which allow keeps the value of the maker up and uh, allows them to uh, intervene in term uh, uh, for uh, uh, you know for uh, in, in terms of emergencies to make sure that the uh, value of the dice remains stable so yeah that i think covers uh, most of the basics of maker die and uh, you know uh, there is a lot of interesting things that you can go through in the white paper uh, the, and uh, maker dao itself is an interesting approach to managing in a decentralized manner a center uh, a, a currency like this but yeah so this should give you kind of an overview or a some good summary of what uh, the maker uh, maker die uh, currency is stable coin is great so before we wrap up you know this episode on uh, stable coins uh, so a quick summary you know we looked at the different types and uh, we looked at you know what the problems are with uh, 
with the central fiat collateralized stable coins and you know uh, the problems that tether is going through and we looked at you know what uh, you know how, how maker die works and what its mechanism is uh nikhil do you want to quickly touch upon you know what you see as a future of stable coins and you know like how do you see this going forward or how it will be significant and any problems that that may come up so stable coins have long uh, are are needed in the cryptocurrency world right so if given the uh, track record of bitcoin and ethereum and their volatility uh, it is clear that uh, you need something that is uh, much more stable and much more predictable in order for you to be able for for people to be able to transact business uh, that they normally do uh, using fiat currencies so if there is if there is any ambition for uh, uh, you know the cryptocurrency world to uh, kind of uh, take over uh, or become the uh, uh, the future for uh, uh, payments and uh, uh, doing business something like a stable coin uh, absolutely needs to be there now having said that uh, so far the models that we have seen for stable coin uh, are pretty much very similar to what models are there in uh, you know uh, in the in the uh, in the financial world today right so you have uh, you know uh, uh, essentially what the mechanisms that uh, uh, the maker dao is doing uh, are ex- essentially the mechanisms that uh, are followed by uh, central banks uh, in uh, in in the countries around the world uh, to manage the fiat currencies of various governments now we have seen that and uh, people have uh, also claimed or uh, railed against that particular control by a central bank and uh, so so basically it is kind of ironic uh, when you see uh, you know things like tether coming which is uh, essentially no different from a central bank except that now it is a private institution <laughs> that is doing it uh, which obviously has a whole lot less controls and whole lot less trust than a than a central bank now uh, the maker dao experiment is very interesting because like i had mentioned before it's a decentralized approach there is no single person that is uh, managing this but it still has uh, you know uh, the decentralized autonomous organization behind it there is a governance token and there is voting right so if uh, you can conceivably imagine if dai becomes very very important uh there may be people who try to go and uh, uh you know uh, uh try to take over uh, the governance of dai uh using uh, you know whatever means necessary so it's not a purely algorithmic approach on the other hand uh, uh, the uh, algorithmic stable coins uh, especially the senior age uh, model uh, again uh, is not Uh, extremely it, it's it's extremely susceptible to black swan events right uh, so uh, the senior age model basically means that okay there is no uh, uh, actual quote unquote real world uh, value behind the coin it is only what is uh, what people perceive it to be and uh, if uh, if it is only perception it is is something that can be manipulated and uh, effectively it turns out can can very easily turn into a ponzi scheme right uh, where you know you have somebody uh, uh, claiming uh, uh, value for a particular value in the future but uh, it doesn't actually uh, reach there and everybody else is uh, you know left holding the Uh, left holding the bag and and suffering the losses so uh, i think stable coins are still at an early stage uh, one one thing uh, uh, that i can uh, very clearly see is that uh, 
if there is a truly black swan event right uh, something where uh, you know there's like a flash crash or something uh, those are things that none of the stable coins can really respond to uh, very effectively uh, so there is definitely a band within which uh, stable coins can uh, work uh, a band of volatility if the volatility goes beyond that band then that particular stable coin uh, either would have to like uh, you know make a dow at least has a global settlement mechanism so people are paid back and everything is settled uh, but effectively that is shutting down that particular platform at that point in time so uh, this band basically of volatility is what is this band and how big is this band is is a matter of you know human psychology the and and uh, you know matter of speculation uh, and this is where you know things like shelling points and all become important because there are certain values that people get uh, 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 get uh, very very uh, tied to so one dollar one one die is one of them uh, another one that we've seen is like you know the thousand uh, dollars uh, value or a ten thousand dollar value for bitcoin is considered to be a psychological uh, you know hard point around which uh, fluctuations happen so these these all of these factors need to be considered and uh, you know uh, so stable coins at this point uh, while not foolproof uh, are definitely uh, an interesting way to or a, a very needed uh, uh, technology uh, in order to make cryptocurrency uh, you know ubiquitous and uh, 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 part of the daily lives of uh, you know everybody you know the promise of bitcoin uh, that is uh, cryptocurrency uh, or uh, a financial uh, inclusion for everybody yeah so that's that's basically what i have to say all right folks that concludes our podcast we hope that you found this episode on stable coins useful you can learn more about us on bcdialogues.com thanks again for joining see you next time